So this morning, I want to have prayer, and I want to talk to you about uh, a, a mother-son story. Uh, because there, there's a time, we talked about our children and our grandchildren, and many of you watching this, some of you are, are just raising your families. Others of you uh, are helping raise your grandkids. And some of you, your families are, are grown and gone, uh, and you just get to see them occasionally and you miss them. But uh, there comes a time in, in all of our lives when we have to let go. And, uh, and sometimes that can be hard. Sometimes it can be hard for them. Sometimes it's hard for us. Sometimes they want us to let them go quicker than we're ready to let them go. But uh, there comes a time when we have to let go and let God take over and let God be in charge of their lives, of whatever it is. So the story that I want to share with you today is, uh, is about a mom who had to let go and let God. Let me pray and uh, pray with me, and then we'll look at this story. Father, uh, thank you for moms. And Lord, it's, it's a different Mother's Day. Usually we're together and we've got flowers all in the sanctuary, and, uh, and we're just, uh, it was a celebration of moms. And Father, as we, as we meet together through Zoom or Facebook or YouTube or whatever all those technology stuff is, as we meet together, it's still uh, in a way to, to worship you. And this morning I prayed an honoring moms. So bless the moms that are watching this. Bless uh, those, Lord, that, uh, that are seeking to raise their kids or grandkids or be an influence in the lives of their family at whatever season of their life they are. Father, and I, I know anytime we talk about moms or dads, I know that there's some uh, that are going to be listening this hard. There's some that for them, uh, they never had a, a godly mom, and they, they, they miss that. Sometimes they, it's easy to resent that they didn't. But I pray that you would be bigger than that. And Father, I know that for some, this may be the first Mother's Day that that they've had uh, without their moms. Uh, some of them, their moms may have gone to glory. Uh, some of them, for different reasons, are not able to be with them. And that's hard. But Lord, I, I know that as we look into your word, that the application and the truth of your word transcends all those, those challenges and all those things. So I invite your Holy Spirit now. Be our teacher. Lord, if there's any preaching, your Holy Spirit's going to have to do that. But use your word. In Christ I pray. Amen. Well, the, uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the greatest stories that I like in, in all of Scripture. And there's some pretty great stories in there. Uh, but for me, it's this uh, story of a mother and a son. And, and the story starts in really a kind of a strange way. Because in Genesis chapter 15, uh, in the middle of that chapter, God is talking to, at that time, Abram, which would later be Abraham. And, uh, and he, he tells Abram that there's going to come a time when, uh, when his people, his descendants, remember Abraham, this is before he had kids. And he tells him there's going to come a time when, his, when his, even his descendants are going to be down in Egypt and they're going to be in captive. But he says, uh, God, God in this telling him this also says, but I'm going to send a deliverer and he's going to lead my people out of captivity after it's been a period of time. 
So that's in Genesis. We're going to fast forward now. Uh, four centuries later, 400 years later, uh, the time has come that God's going to fulfill this prophecy. And the way he's going to do that starts uh, out in a story that like only God could, 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 could cause to happen. It's a story about a, um, a man named uh, Aram and a woman named Jochebed. And uh, they have been born into slavery down in Egypt. They're part of the Hebrews that now have been enslaved and part of the forced labor force there of Egypt. And uh, that's, that's what they knew. Now, Aram and, uh, is it Amram? I'm sorry, not Aram. Amram and Jochebed, uh, even in the midst of the difficult life that they're living, God has blessed them with a couple of kids that we know of. Um, they had uh, Aaron, and Aaron's older sister, most likely, was named Miriam. And these two kids uh, were now had been born in slavery like their parents and like their grandparents. But now things have, have changed a little bit. The situation, even difficult as it was in their, their labor, now there's a new decree or new law from the Pharaoh. He's got concerned of these Hebrews, of maybe them uh, outnumbering the Egyptians or getting too strong. So he's, he's, uh, he's, he's through fooling around. He's tried to tell the midwives, uh, hey, it's okay if we have a high mortality rate with the kid, with these babies of these Hebrews. But now he's even gone so far as to, to, tell, to make a decree that uh, any Hebrew baby boy that's born is to be thrown into the Nile. Uh, and probably as a symbolic sacrifice to one of the gods, the crocodiles there in the Nile River that the Egyptians had many gods that they worshipped. But uh, baby boy is to be thrown into the, the Nile as a sacrifice. So we're going to pick up this because what's happened is Amram and Jochebed, uh, God has blessed him now with another baby. And I'm sure that, that Jochebed has just tried to hide this from other people so she, she knows what is expected of her. Uh, but it's time for the baby to be born. We're going to pick up the story in Exodus chapter 2. And let me get there. And if you want to turn in your Bibles or on your iPad or your phone or wherever it is, in Exodus chapter 2, it says, um, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and had a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Uh, it's, it's interesting she knew the, the, the she knew what she was the, the, the what Pharaoh said she was supposed to do. Uh, she knew the penalty for not obeying him could have been imprisonment, could have been her life, could have been, been the lives of, of of others that she loved. But they but here Jochebed, this mom, and her husband, and even the brother and sister, they for for three months they kept this baby as secure as they could, protecting him from uh, the world, protecting him from his fate. Uh, but now, three months later, the baby's grown, growing, um, still very much a baby. But they're, they're, the risk becomes probably too great. I don't know. We, all we know that what happened is 
there was danger. And Satan was surely trying to destroy this baby as he had to try to destroy another baby that would come many years later than this with Christ's child. Uh, and I think of the verse in John 10.10 10, that says, the, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And Christ said that he came to give us life and that more abundantly. So here we, we see this the enemy trying to destroy uh, this, this child. And I, verse 3 is interesting because as we go into the story, verse 3 says, And when Jochebed could no longer hide him, she, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child in it, and she laid it in the, the cattails or the flags by the river's edge. I kind of think that that in Jochebed now, as she's praying, Lord, what do I do? What, what do I do? This is a baby that you gave me. You didn't give me this baby to, to see him die or to see him be thrown to us as a sacrifice to the crocodiles in the Nile. What do I do? And and to me, uh, it's kind of like, I believe she remembers a story that she's heard. It's a story of part of the history of her her people. And it's a story that that at another time, that God instructed a man to build an ark. And uh, there is the story that Moses would write later, that he built this ark, took him a lot of years to build it, and he, he, he covered it, made it waterproof. And God saved him and his family. And here, I kind of, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, Jochebed's thinking about this. She's weaving this little basket. She makes it as waterproof as she can. And I can see her putting soft rags or stuff in there. She's making a nice bed. And, and she lays the baby in it. Um, and she kind of, she places it near the water's edge. Now, uh, I think tradition or scripture says that Pharaoh's daughter pretty customarily came down here. I don't know if Jochebed, I don't know what we were thinking, but I'm convinced that Jochebed has prayed and prayed and prayed, and this is, this is what she must do. And it's time that she has to place her baby in this, in this little ark, little basket, and she, she lets go. And uh, she leaves it up to God. I can only imagine. I, I, I really don't can't even do a good job of imagining how a mother's heart must have felt. Uh, and it's interesting to me that uh, she uh, she tells Miriam, uh, instructs Miriam to watch and see what happens. Verse 4 said, And uh, Miriam stood a long ways off to, uh, to see what was going to happen to the baby. Uh, there's a lot of interesting. Let me just kind of read the rest of this, and I want to uh, un unwrap what happens. It says, and, and, and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to, to take a bath at the river with her maidens, uh, and when she saw the little basket among the flags, or the little ark, it says, among the flags, she sent one of her maids to, uh, to see what was in it. And listen to this now, verse 6 of chapter 2 of Exodus says, when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby cried. Wow. Uh, I see God's hand. I see God's timing. Uh, I, I can remember if Barbie was here. We had, now there's all kinds of baby cries. I, I didn't know this 
hey, I'm a daddy. Uh, and any time a baby cried, uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. It needs changing. It needs feeding. He needs something. Got to do something. And uh, I remember Barbie teaching me, oh, that's 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 just a hungry cry. We'll we'll feed him. Or that's a hurt cry. Or no, that's just a that's just a cry because he's he's upset. Uh, it'll be all right. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I remember Bar- Barbie teaching us with one of her kids. She was teaching them that it was nap time, and they were a little bit older. And she says, when they they're fed, they're changed, and now I need to lay them. And they need to rest. And the and the the baby cried, and uh, I, I was going to pick the baby up. She said, Drew, you can't do that. I said, it's crying. I got to get the baby. And she said, if you do that, then every time the baby cries, when I lay it down for a nap, you spoiled it. I'll have to get it up. And I'm freaking out. And uh, it's this true story. Ask Barbie about it. And I remember Barbie saying, Drew, you go take a walk. <laughs> ah. So it's the hardest thing. I heard the baby cried, and I wanted to do something. And it's so cool to me that here, when when the baby wasn't crying, but when but when the maid takes a basket up, and when they pull the cover down, and they see this little baby, three month old baby, and the baby crying. And one of our one of our kids, I started to tell you, it was crying was so pitiful. One, I don't remember Zach or Paige, but they would go la la. Lamb. And it was just like a little baby lamb crying, you know, and it was like so pitiful. But whatever happened at this time, it's the timing. God's timing is perfect. And in your life today and in my life today, God's timing is still perfect. So they, they uncover, they look at this little baby, and Scripture says, Behold, the babe cried or wept. And the, the, the Pharaoh's daughter says had compassion on him. And said, "Why well, this is one of those little Hebrew babies. This is one of the Hebrew children. And it's so cool. Again, timing. So here comes Miriam that's been watching now. And all of a sudden, Miriam, this young Hebrew girl, uh, comes there. And uh, she uh, said to Pharaoh's daughter, hey, do you need me to go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse it for you? And Pharaoh's daughter, I mean, what a thought, right? How cool. I, I, we don't know if, I, I don't, all I can say is this is it's, it's a God story. It's bigger than you and I can make up. So when, when Miriam says that, Pharaoh's daughter said, yeah, it's a great idea. Hey, go. And, uh, and, and so when Miriam goes, who does she bring back? Of course, she brings mom back and she brings the baby's mom back. And when she brings her back, though, to, to Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter said, hey, w- take this child away, nurse it for me, and I'll pay you for nursing it. And so the woman took the child and nursed it. And it was, it was, her, it was his mom. Could you imagine this story? She's now, she's not, she's not lost her child. Now she's got her child back. And Pharaoh, from the very house of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's paying her to take care of this child. Uh, it, it's, an, it's an awesome story. Now, it says that the child grew. Verse, verse 10, we don't know how long uh, Jochebed had, had this, this child. They named him Moses. Pharaoh's daughter names him Moses because, uh, verse 10 says, uh, because she, it means she drew him up out of the water. So we know him as Moses. Uh, quite a character 
that's mentioned hundreds of times in the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and becomes very instrumental of God as he would write, as attributed to writing maybe the first five books of the Bible. He was quite a man. He was an amazing man. He was a man that we meet him in the New Testament on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's there coming back to meet with Jesus before Jesus' death. And I, I can only imagine, I can't even imagine uh, the awesomeness of this. But, but Jochebed now has her baby. For how long? We don't know. Uh, been very common for uh, a child to have been five or six or even even you know older, possibly. Uh, but I'm, I, I was really interested to me because in this time, when we read in, in Hebrews 11 about, uh, about Moses and the influence of Moses' mom on him, when we read this, uh, we know that the, the influence. We know that God saved him, Moses, and now that with his mom, he's, he's getting this training, he's getting this teaching, he's getting these stories. That's, that's awesome. I read something that said the, uh, the Jesuits used to say, give us your child until they're seven. And afterwards, you can do what you want to, but we've got them. We've got them. In, uh, in Upward's ministry, Upward Sports Ministry, uh, we know the importance of reaching the, the children when they're young and tender. Matter of fact, Cass McCaslin that, McCaslin that started Upward said uh, that God laid on him. It was a heart for the race of a child. Uh, in Sunday school, uh, we know the importance of reaching children when they're young. Uh, and it's important, I think it's important that for us, as a House of Prayer Church family, that we, we grab hold of those younger years of a child's life. And we do anything it takes to get them, their roots deeply into God's Word and God's truth into their lives while they're young. Um, so Moses here uh, would, uh, would uh, uh, later write uh, the books of uh, Exodus and uh, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And, and uh, not only that, but I'm, I'm convinced that uh, in, in Genesis, as Moses writes Genesis under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a large part of it, that he's writing uh, that which his, his mother has told him, the truths that she shared with him that later would be amplified and modified and confirmed uh, by the Holy Spirit of God that become a part of God's Word. Matter of fact, there's a couple of verses here from Deuteronomy. Listen, Moses would write this most likely. But listen to what he says, what he says here. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says, Therefore shall you lay up my words in your heart and your soul. Bind them for a sign upon your hand, that, that they may be as frontlets <clears throat> excuse me, between your eyes. And you'll teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lay down, and when you rise up. It says, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. The instruction, Moses, is, I believe, is, is sharing with the people in Deuteronomy 
what his mom did. I believe that uh, Jochebed, this influence of a mom, and this influence in, in her son's lives, because as you read in, in as we read in, Ex, in Hebrews eleven, uh, as he grew, he never forgot who he was, and he chose. Scripture says that he chose to suffer the affliction with his people, rather than all the universities of all the trainings that he had and was made available to him there in, in Egypt. And I'm convinced it's because of the uh, of the, the the influence and of the time. It's a short time, but of the time that he had with his mom. Well, let me let me wrap this up and kind of tie this up. Of my stomach's growling. I don't know if you hear that, but uh, it may be getting close to lunchtime as you watch this. Um, but there there came that time when Jochebed had she had nursed him. She had. Uh, she had potty trained him. She had done all these things in his life, and now she, uh, she has to take him back to Pharaoh. Two times she had to let him go. Wow. I don't know what there is or may be in your life today that is your most valued treasure. Uh, to this mom, I'm sure it was, was her children. And now the, the baby one, it, things had changed with... Aaron and Miriam. Now, it was different. It was more difficult. The tension was there, and she had to let him go. I don't know what it is in your life. Maybe, maybe it's also a, a son or a daughter, or a loved one, or a spouse that that you can't you can't do anymore. You can't rescue. You can't save. And God said, "You got to let him go and let me take over. You got to trust me." Wow. I don't know what God's saying. I don't know why he's speaking to you, but let me just share. Just as God provided for Jochebed as she placed her baby in the river, I believe God will provide for us as we trust him. Are you trusting him today? Hey, I don't know if you're like me. Some days I'm all in. I'm saying, oh, yeah, got this. You got this, God, I'm trusting you. And then the next day I look back and I'm trying to carry it again. I can't handle it. So there's, there's sometimes more than once, you know, we have to lay those things down. We have to open our hands and let go and let God. It's a different Mother's Day. And to all our moms out there, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for the influence for the years. Thank you so much for the character that you built in. And a lot of times you probably felt like failures, but you weren't. You weren't. Uh, I started to say, look around you, and maybe you did get, but you won't. Uh, God's used you, and he continues to use you. And we're a church that's blessed because of the moms. We're a church that's blessed because of the influence that you have. So this day, uh, as we honor you, uh, I trust that some of you have uh, gotten your flowers. If others are going to come by this afternoon and pick up the flowers, and that's not going to make you wealthy. That's not going to add more money in your pocket. But it's just our way of saying we realize how important you are and you're a blessing, and we want to bless you back in a small way. 
to others that aren't moms, to young, the young teenagers out there, to the young kids out there, to the dads, to the grandparents, to those that are, that are, are wherever you find yourself in the situation you're in. I think the story, I think the application is true, that there comes a time in your life when God may be saying to you, uh, you got to trust me with this. Let me encourage you. Trust him. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for moms. Thank you for this story. I love this story. It's an amazing story of how you take a situation that's hard and difficult and you bring good out of it. Father, I'm so reminded of the scripture in Romans 8. It says, you work all things together for the good to those who are called according to your purpose. And so, Lord, today I, I pray that whatever those situations are that may be in the lives of, of uh, individuals today, that's difficult. Lord, that we can look beyond right now and we look to you and we say, we take our hands off and we say, okay, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. Do that. Do that in our lives as we trust you. And Lord, I'm anxious to hear the stories, their stories. Because as Ben Carson said, his story was really the story of his mom. And stories we, God, as we look at the stories of mom and look at Jochebed, it's really of your story in the lives of these moms. So I'm anxious to hear what you're doing. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to go cook a uh, grill out and cook a steak for Barb. See you.